time for Wednesday's hour number two on Hashtag Daily K with your host, Peter Bint. Korean dramas, movies, and even lyrics. Why is the world paying attention to Korean stories? From classics to modern masterpieces, time to dig deep into the charms of Korean literature. On Check It Out with Paul. It's a Wednesday here in Career Hump Day, Jump Day. It's a red day to boot, and Paul Matthews is joining us in the studio. Are you a maniac? Would you describe yourself that way, Paul? Some people have called me that. <laughs> I, 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 I couldn't possibly comment. <laughs> How are we doing on this red day? Do you have the right to vote, being uh, no. a resident? No, 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 no. no, no. no. I'm, I'm a marriage immigrant, so as yet I do not. Oh. One day I will get my citizenship, and one day I will vote. But I tell you what. You know why I'm happy today? Why? Because today is the day that all those noisy election vans <laughs> stop. In my neighbourhood, day after day, yes. you suddenly get this roar of, of terrible music mm. with, with whatever politician <laughs> is trying to, trying to sell themselves to the public. Yeah. And you get tired of it pretty quickly. So Absolutely. I'm, so I'm, I'm celebrating that today. The end of those festivities. So you're not a big fan. My kids, they go nuts when they come round because there's usually some kind of high-tempo music. Yeah. And they're really happy about it. And they tell me... Daddy, vote for candidate XYZ. I can't vote either, by the way. <laughs> but they tell me that uh, based on the music. Okay. And I think there are worse ways to choose a candidate. Well, I, there I are would better say, ways. <laughs> I would say do your research and do vote if you have the chance to. Yes, absolutely. Any plans for today, a red day, Paul? Any activities that you're taking part in? Uh, I'm performing as usual, uh, oh, just around the corner from Adirang. Um, I'm looking forward to uh, to meeting some kids and uh, doing some storytelling. So, yeah, that's my day. It's not a day off, but it's uh, it's an enjoyable day. Yeah, it's better than looking at my ugly face in the studio. Yeah. <laughs> not much is worse. Uh, we've got a book to talk about as ever. What kind of feel and what's the title today? It's the start of a new month and last week we had the violence and the horror of Lee Munyol's 1980s. Mm. So today I wanted to bring something that was a little bit lighter, okay. a little bit more poetic, but also a little bit melancholy. All right. All those wrapped into a text titled... Yes, Byeol Saranghanen Mamuro, with the love for the stars. It's by Yun Hu Myung, and it's translated by Jun Mi Sili. That sounds nice, doesn't it? I don't know. The, the English title is also lovely with the love for the stars. But if you know Korean, I don't know. The word pyol to me is one of the most beautiful to mean star, and it can be a name as well, right? Pyol. Yeah. I love it. Saranghan and Maomuro. So with the love for the stars. Is it something like spatial, galactical, or something in any way? No, not really. No, it's no. <laughs> a it's, it's a, a very curious one-sided love story, mm -hmm. but also it's a story of self-discovery, and it's all set in a hospital ward. Oh, an interesting setting indeed. Uh, this not to be confused with the drama My Love from a Star, Pyarazong no. Kudes. Nothing... <laughs> no, no, nothing to do with that. <laughs> John ji and uh, Kim si I believe, were the actors in that. The author, Yun Hu-myung, that name is very unique, and I... I don't think we've heard it on the show, have we? No, no, it's the first time for us to feature him. I'm not sure there's a lot of his stories in translation. This is the only one I've found so far. Uh -huh. 
He was born in 1946 in Kangnung, in Kangwondo province. Uh, his father was a law officer in the military, so the family moved around a lot when he was a kid. Okay. He went to Yonsei University, he studied philosophy, and then he made his poetry debut there in 1967. And he even founded a little sort of a coterie magazine, one of these little poetic magazines. Oh, lovely. Um, called The 70s. A bit like our guest at the Wintertime Soche. Yeah, exactly. Uh, And then 10 years later, his first book of poetry was published. And then his first piece of fiction won the Hanguk Ilbo Spring Literary Contest in 1979. And over the past four decades, he's published several novels. He's won numerous awards. And in fact, this novella that we're looking at today Mm -hmm. won the 39th Hyundai Literature Award back in 1994. Oh, so this book has been around for decades upon decades. Maybe the translation is newer? Uh, relatively speaking, okay. yes. All right. John Missily, I think I recall that name once or twice. <laughs> yeah, well, about five times. I think Ooh. this is our fifth time featuring her. She's, uh-huh. a, she's translated quite a few short stories and novellas like this. Uh, she graduated from the uh, Graduate School of Simultaneous Interpretation, as well as the Hanguk University of Foreign Studies, and then got her PhD from the University of British Columbia in Canada. Lovely. Um, and, uh, yeah, we featured uh, a number of her translations. She's done over a dozen translations of Korean literature, quite a lot. Uh, the first one was her translation of the short story Weaver Woman by Oh Jung-hee, and it's a pleasure to uh, feature her again. Absolutely. Just before we get into the story, I was thinking... Of any dramas or movies that are set in hospital wards. And I recall, I think it was DP, this one about the Korean army. Uh, did you see that on the flicks? With I did not Korean? watch it, no. I highly recommend it. I heard it was way. very disturbing. So There are a few scenes about bullying which are not so nice, but it's interspersed with lots of great humour. Okay. But one of the characters ends up in the hospital ward, you know, in the barracks. Yes. And apparently that's the place you want to be because then you avoid having to do all the heavy lifting and stuff okay. like that. So you try your best to kind of milk it for all it's worth. I, I see. For, for me, though, when I think of hospital mm. wards, So I think of a film by Park Chan-wook. Oh. I think of Cyborg Jiman Kintana. I'm a cyborg, but it's okay, starring uh-huh. Rain. <gasps> wow. Be- Is he good in it? He's very good in it. Wow. And, and it's, a, it's a very strange film, but it's a very interesting one. <laughs> in, in a hospital ward for a, yeah. for a lot of it? Oh. Yeah, for the whole thing. Wow. That's interesting. Uh, isn't, we're going off on a tangent, but I recall reading an article the other day. Is Park Chan-wook the one with the new film out? The new film with Tang Wei, yeah, that, that everyone's talking about Tang Wei, or Tang Tang as she's sometimes called, um, and her brilliant performance, speaking Korean. Yeah, um, Decision to Leave, I think. Uh, right? Yes, that's, that's coming out at the end of the month here in oh. Korea, and I'm crossing my fingers that we'll get an English subtitle screening. Can't that, wait to see it. Was that not the film that you may or may not have had a little consulting on? No, that's not the film. It's a different film. I can't talk about that yet, Peter. (laughs) Let's get on to today's book then uh, with the beautiful title, with the love for the stars. Where do we kick things off? Uh, The very first page, the very first lines. This is the start of the book. That afternoon... I was reading a poem about birch trees. It was still too early, not for the sunset, but for my appointment. I was still debating going, which had started when I received the invitation to the exhibition a few days ago. The time of the appointment, as a matter of fact, the appointment itself was on questionable ground. An appointment is only valid, after all, when the involved parties come to some sort of agreement prior to meeting. In this case, however, I just smiled vaguely at her. I probably also nodded at her once or twice, but... 
These were non-committal nods at best. At the time, I thought a smile back, but uh, just the shadow of a smile. Once in my early twenties, I'd heard of what was called the artless smile. I remember interpreting her smile as an artless smile. Uh, the memory of her faint smile overlaps with the memory of her painting. Uh, to be more precise on the canvas of my mind, she's painting against the background of her own faintly smiling face. If I look closely enough at the picture she is painting, I may be able to see her painting a picture of herself painting a picture of herself painting, uh, and so on and so on, as when two parallel mirrors infinitely reflect each other. However, her image in my mind is, in fact, an illusion. I startle myself thinking that all of my memories of her may well be illusions. However, it's not likely that all of them are mere illusions. She was there, for, for certain, several months ago, absorbed in painting. She even drew my portrait in crayon and gave it to me. For some reason or other, I haven't been able to get rid of the portrait. It's still stored, rolled up in a small room of my house. It is a picture of me standing in a blue-striped patient's robes, and there's a caption looking happy above my head. It's hard for me to judge whether or not I looked happy at that time. And yet, she wrote that caption. Welcome to Arirang Radio. If you are in Jeju, 88.7 in Jeju City. 88.1 in Seogipu City. 101.9 in the Daejeong area. I feel there's some interest in somebody else here, the person that's painting. It seems like the narrator. Is it all told from this person's point of view? Yeah, it's him basically giving us a monologue oh. um, of his thoughts and feelings and memories and ideas and all sorts. Uh, it's very kind of poetic here. I, I don't know what to make of lots of it, but it feels like this person is interested in this lady who's painting. Whether she even existed is kind of called into question. The mirror upon mirror kind of uh, comparison is interesting. So I'm wondering if there's a lot going on in the imagination. Is this the start of a love story? What should we take from the portrait in a crayon reference? Crayons aren't usually, apart from with my kids, the choice for many artists. Yes, but I guess when you're in a psychiatric ward, oh. maybe they are. Ah, that's the setting here. <laughs> yes, so, okay. so the hospital ward the book is set in is a, a closed ward, ah. um, meaning it's a psychiatric ward for patients with uh, all sorts of issues. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it's a very, it's a very interesting story because it's all from his perspective. He's been in the ward, but he's no longer there. Oh. Uh, yeah, yes. Well, well, he's. We start the book with him out of the ward, and then we go back into the ward to find out what he was in there for, uh, and why he was in there, and how he got out, and so on and so forth. I see. So, they're both in this closed ward. Mm -hmm. They're both getting treatment. He's a middle-aged writer. He appears to have had some kind of breakdown. Okay. Um, and he tells us about himself and his situation, and he rambles about all sorts of only slightly related things sometimes. This is this in any way autobiographical? I wonder. I, I wonder, yes, <laughs> I do too. Um, okay. he, like he's, he's mentioning poetry, he's mentioning Paris, he's talking about the hospital, he talks about the ward itself, its rooms, the number of beds, all the different the items, the signs and the instructions therein. He talks about the poetry that he's reading in there as well. Like uh, about just poetry trees. he remembers. Oh, and, no. Yes. Okay. So it, he also tells us of when he was first admitted. Mm. And... The, like the moment when they took his belt from him uh -huh. and he didn't understand 
why they were taking his belt from him until they explained the risk of suicide. Oh, he was oblivious to that. Well, yeah, he seems to have been in a very confused state of mind when he mm. was first admitted. Um, and he talks about the interrogations, the interviews, the, the, the almost like exams, the list of questions he has to answer. Wow. One of them has 566 questions on them. <gasps> That's quite comprehensive. Yes, and then he thinks again of this woman. Mm. And he talks about the first time that he noticed her. She was uh, painting in an art therapy session. Ah. And he became captivated with her. She was painting this big bird. Okay. And then he can't stop thinking about her. Oh, do we get interactions between them? Yeah, hold on. Yes. Okay, sorry. I'm jumping the gun. You are jumping the gun. <laughs> okay. Um, the thing is, because, because this is his rambling monologue, he mm. sort of goes back and forth and off and on topic. Because yeah. now he's talking about the time that a doctor asked him to draw a tree. Okay. And he didn't know how to draw a tree because oh. he didn't know what kind of tree to draw. Uh-huh. because every tree is different. Oh. And so he's sort of not able to cope with that simple thing. Having to decide and draw one. Exactly. So it seems like the simplest of tasks that are set for him when he first comes are just not possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he talks about another test, and then the woman appears before him. Okay. She's in the same room as him, and she starts talking to him. Oh, lovely. Starts talking to him about Chagall, uh-huh. you know, the, the, the artist. artist. Okay. Uh, and talking about one painting in particular where there are flying lovers in the sky oh. in one of his paintings. And he, he's shocked that she's talking to him, and he's <laughs> sort of stuttering and stammering, and her face is just so beautiful. And, and they talk about flying, and he just, well... He's a bit. He can't cope. Oh dear. He's having a bit of a, a bit of a mare, as they say okay. in some ways. Yes. Um, and then he becomes obsessed with working out what's wrong with her. Uh, he knows what's wrong with him, but okay. he's sort of like, why is she here? Oh. What condition does she have? I wonder what it's like in a psychiatric ward if that's open and talked about or not. In this well, case, no, maybe not. No, yeah. So he's sort of he's wondering about it. He gives her a nickname in his head. She's uh. the Chagall woman. <laughs> okay. Um, and finally, he gets the courage to talk to a doctor about her. Oh, to ask a doctor. Oh, interesting. Let's pick it up there. Oh, I see. But what about her? The doctor asked. You know her, right? Chagall's what? I mean, the patient? Chagall what? Uh, No, no, I I just meant the patient. And? The doctor was business-like the entire time. I regretted bringing up the subject. I I don't mean to pry. I'm just a little bit curious to know why she's here. She never comes out of her room. Is she perhaps uh, autistic? I pretended that I was curious because she wouldn't leave her room. It was so ridiculous of me even to bring up the subject of autism. The doctor seemed to smirk. A mere patient discussing another patient's symptoms, even using medical jargon. She's not autistic. She's a megalomaniac. She seems okay, but then she'll suddenly surprise you by insisting that she's flown an airplane to North Korea. Airplane? North Korea? By herself? Yes. She says she went there to meet high-ranking officials. The doctor said, I was... Uh, flabbergasted. It was the most unusual symptoms I'd ever heard of. It seemed impossible for me to comprehend her delusion of flying an airplane to North Korea. The stir some people had created crossed my mind. They had entered North Korea for the cherished cause of unifying Korea. However, 
The idea of flying an airplane into North Korea was not something that was easy to come up with. Uh, has she been an activist? Uh, although her bird painting showed an attitude completely different from the kind seen in her so-called activist paintings, that was the only link I could think of between her and her claims. No, that's not it. She's never been an activist. Don't tell her I said anything, please. The doctor picked up his bag and stood up. I followed the doctor out awkwardly. I couldn't pry any further, and now I felt more curious about her than before, although I was shocked and confused. A woman who had never been an activist came to a closed ward suffering from a delusion like that. If she had been an activist, it would have been easy to explain her delusion. However, I was told that that was not the case. These are brilliant descriptions of what's going on in his head. I feel like I'm bouncing around his brain yeah. with all his thoughts. That's what the book is like, and it's and it's a great read because of it. Because wow. uh, you has really created this this mind, as it were. Yeah, and you're taken on these flights of fancy and these these sudden tangents and ideas, and it is like how we sometimes think. But yes. this is a a bit of a fevered brain. There's a lot going on on up there. Yeah, but you could fully understand and maybe even empathise that these are some tangents that you could go off in if your brain was, yeah, maybe just a little bit more feverish. I don't think doctors are supposed to tell uh, other patients about other patients' symptoms, but I'm glad because this is a really curious point. It is, it is. And so he's sort of going, well, hang on, she's, 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 did she fly a plane to North Korea? So he's questioning it. I'm questioning it as yeah. well, because you've seen those movies where yeah. the people are locked up and they are actually telling the truth. Yeah, they, so, so, so he, he's not sure. He feels okay. differently than the doctor. He's like, no, she's not delusional. There's there's more to her. She's like a, he's like being a little detective in his mind. A little seems. bit. Okay. And, he, and he's thinking about her, but the more he starts to think about her, the mm. more he starts to think about himself. Okay. And... As the novella progresses, he starts confessing more about himself to us. Oh. Like he's processing his own issues, his own trauma and his own anxiety. Mm. And then they meet and they talk again. Okay. And she tells him she's leaving the next day. Uh -huh. She's going to buy a horse and go, go riding. I'm not sure if I can trust this. Okay. Well, yeah. So he's, he's going, is this a delusion? Yes. Is she really going to leave? Because when patients say that, mm. normally <laughs> the day comes and then they spend the day in their room crying and oh. screaming and they never leave. Okay. Um, and they talk about her paintings. Mm -hmm. And she complains that she always makes things fly in her pictures. Like Chagall. Yeah. And she's sick of it. Okay. And so he says to her, well, well why not draw trees? Oh, that was suggested to him. Yeah. And then he's, she changes the subject and says, why are you here? Mm. And he says, well, it's to cure my alcoholism. Okay. I want to be born in you. I want to be given a fresh start. And she says, oh, well, me too. I want that too. So I will paint trees, oh, she says. Oh, nice. And the next day, she is actually checked out. Oh, she she's, is leaving. She leaves the hospital. She's gone. And she gives him that drawing from uh -huh. that first excerpt, the looking happy picture. Of him. Exactly. Uh -huh. And after she goes, he realises she's given him so much as they've talked. Uh -huh. He's now working out how to heal himself. And it feels like he's almost ready to move on. And he's starting to find meaning in things again. Oh, like lovely. he's now understanding what a tree is and how to sort of picture that in his mind. He, he feels like it's her inspiration. Not that she's done anything directly in terms no, of counselling or but, anything but like that. But just these moments with oh. her have changed him. Uh -huh. And finally he gets discharged. 
and she's got an exhibition on. Oh, wow. And he goes to the exhibition <gasps> in Incidong, uh-huh. and he arrives, and he finds the old art therapy teacher from the hospital. Oh, is who's there? there? Okay. And who explains to him that, well, she, she finished preparing the exhibition, and then she went back to the hospital. Oh, no. Oh, well, I don't know if it's oh, no, if she needs to be there, but she came out, did the exhibition... And went back in. Yeah. Oh, and that's where we'll pick up the story in the third and final reading. Are you ready? Every day is K-pop. Listen up. Anytime and everywhere. Adidang Radio. Adidang Radio. a sympathetic look on his face, but when he pointed at one wall with his hand, he looked as if he found it all interesting. I hadn't really looked at the paintings until then. I just stood there awkwardly with the word hospital echoing on and on in my ear. Oh, I let out a brief groan, but probably it was a weak groan to the art teacher, but to me it was like the sound of the sky being ripped apart. She'd come this far only to disappear again. Airplanes, ah, I see. I skimmed through the pictures on the wall. Multiple paintings came into my view all at once, one over another, like the consecutive frames on a film strip. The airplanes seemed to be flying across the sky. In the painting that reminded the art teacher of Henry Rousseau, there were two scarecrows standing in a rice paddy, over which an airplane was flying. What was amazing was it was a doubled-winged propeller airplane that seemed to belong to the time of the Wright brothers. At that moment, I, I felt choked up and so dizzy that I couldn't support myself. My legs were shaking hard. I felt completely drained. My eyes felt hot when I conjured up that pathetic image of the woman who couldn't help going to North Korea even on that wretched double-winged airplane. I felt sick. The world around me seemed to be turning round and around. Whether it was a man who had come flying through the sky or someone walking through the birch woods, I hated everyone, including myself, and as much as I hated them, I also sympathised with them. I went around to the other side of the display wall, where the art teacher couldn't see me. I supported myself with my hand on the wall and held the bouquet of baby's breath and roses before my face that I imagined had turned quite pale. I stood there with my face buried in the flowers as if to avoid showing anyone my face distorted with sorrow and fury, as if to show the bouquet instead of my contorted face to all the skies where the airplanes were flying. So, do we go back to the hospital? Does he go back to the hospital? Does he get to meet her again? If it ends here, I'm going to be very cross, Paul. I don't know, because that's the last line of the book. That's it? That's it. No, so not part two. I need to know. I know, I know, but sometimes you can't know. (sighs) Um, And to be honest, it's it's, what we call in Korea the jaksarang, Mm. the one-sided love. Okay. But it's also about him discovering himself. Yes. Um, And it's a really fulfilling book. I know the ending is is abrupt and Mm -hmm. that maybe you want more, but you don't need more. And 
he, I don't know. Uh, yes, it, it, it does sound like he's learning, he's improving along the way. He's been discharged from hospital. It doesn't seem like he's going back. This ending, he seems so full of, like he says, sorrow and fury at the same time. Yeah. I feel for him. Well, it's, it's almost as if he feels betrayed by her. Uh-huh. Is that she helped him, whether she knew it or not, recover. Yeah. But she is not recovered. Yes. She told him she would paint trees. Instead, mm-hmm. she has painted those aeroplanes that she has obsessed about. Yeah, so that's what I got from that as well, that she wanted to not paint things flying in the sky, yeah. but her exhibition is just, as they say, full of aeroplanes. Maybe not as the main image, but somewhere there. Is that some kind of imagery that she couldn't achieve what she wanted? Exactly. Perhaps? I think that's why she's gone back to the hospital. Hmm. She thought she was ready to leave, but in fact she was not. Uh-huh. And so we have, we have a man who doesn't think he is ready to leave, but in fact he is. And a woman who thinks she's ready to leave, but she isn't. Oh, yeah, and there's art all throughout this, with the poetry as well as the paintings and the references to trees from the very first line of your reading with the birch trees, and that comes back out later through the birch oh, yeah, woods. If you read the novella, there's all sorts of details we wow. don't have time to go over, mm-hmm. but, but uh, Yun connects everything together. Wow. And what's really interesting is that If we look at Yoon's life a little bit more closely, we see some really interesting connections. Okay. So he wrote this as a middle-aged writer. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know whether he spent any time in a closed ward, but it does feel a little bit autobiographical in some ways. But also, if we look at him, he started with philosophy, Uh and then he moved into poetry, and then into fiction, which Mm. is interesting in itself. But there's a twist. Ten years ago... At the age of 66, he held his first solo art exhibition. In real life, Yun the author? In real life, yes. He'd been painting for a decade or so. I'm curious if there are planes in all of his pictures. Uh, More about flowers. (laughs) The exhibition was titled Listen to Flowers. Okay. And it was held in March of 2012. He was celebrating 45 years since his literary debut. Wow. Um, And he filled a gallery in Incidong with his paintings. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, he told reporters in interviews at the time, he said he moving from poetry to fiction was about wanting to express himself in a different way. Uh-huh. And then moving from fiction to painting was about finding himself in a different dimension. Wow, that's really intriguing. I don't consider myself very arty whatsoever. But I guess if you're an artistic person... The medium can change, but if you're creative enough, you could express yourself through that completely different medium, like painting and writing. Yeah, but I don't think you have to be a quote-unquote artist or arty mm. person to do it, Peter. Mm. It's You can paint. Yes. You can draw if you want to. You may not think it's any good, <laughs> but uh, the whole point of art is not to please someone else Mm. the whole point of art is to express yourself in the way that you can in the way that you need to so so i think i think what's beautiful about his about his career trajectory um whether you like his paintings whether you (laughs) like his poetry whether you like his fiction or not is that he's developed and he's changed and he's transitioned over the years and it reminds me of my mother for example Uh My mother uh, was not an artist. Yeah. She enjoyed needlecraft mm-hmm. when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, she once uh, knitted me a pig. Oh, A lovely pig lovely. that's uh, up in the attic nice. back home in Abingdon. Uh-huh. Um, but then she got into art. Uh-huh. And I think about a decade ago yeah. or so, she started 
drawing and painting. Wow. Um, and she still does it every single day. Mm. Um, and the wonderful thing is that she emails me once or twice a week with what she's been doing. Oh, she sends like a me photo. photos. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, and she's had... Um, bits put up in local exhibitions because there's a local art group amazing and so on and art for her has been a, a journey of self-discovery mm. um and i actually had to I, at some points i had to push her and say well just do it yeah it, do, it doesn't matter whether you think it's good or not just sure. try and her skill has improved as it does when you're when you're painting and drawing every single day mm. but it's about self-expression it's about discovering yourself and you know i think especially for for Ajoshis like ourselves, or <laughs> married men like ourselves, we'd have very few alleyways mm. to let out our feelings, to let out our, 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 our inner, inner monologue, as it were. Sure, and I think you're really right, and I hope it inspires the listeners as well. There's probably quite a few out there that think, yeah, I'm terrible at art, you know, I can't paint to save my life. That's what I've always felt. But when I look at my kids who, you know, one of their favourite subjects is art. I of think course. a lot of kids love art because yeah. it's that expression of all those... feelings without the need to be bounded by words so you just put everything down on the page and yeah when you're like three or four it might not make a lot of sense to many but they're like getting older geo's now nearly 10 and he's loving putting things on the page he's in this whole dark kind of phase in his art okay. like everything's black yeah and everything's a little scary like some horror characters he'll paint mm. on there we got a little worried but he loves doing it right and we asked the art teacher because he goes to this like kind of hobby hug one an institute and she was like no no, no he's a really bright little child you know don't worry about that that's just what he's interested in at yeah. the moment that's what piques his interest and it's not necessarily if you put down something dark on paper that your heart is dark or anything it's just you're expressing yourself in in different ways yeah exploring. And, it's, and it's not like he's being secretive this is not no. some, this is not some <laughs> hidden painting he's happy to show you which yeah. I, which seems to be very very healthy yeah. i think there's also this this moment as we get older and i'm sorry geo and ellie but you'll get <laughs> to that point where suddenly we feel restricted when it comes to art absolutely because we're told by the teachers well picasso is an artist mm-hmm. or dali is an artist or Matisse is an artist and therefore, oh, then I'm not an artist because I don't paint like that or I don't draw like that. So this story is, it's really inspiring. Mm. And and Yin's life is really inspiring because I think think all too often we think when we grow up with this and we never change. Mm. But the truth is we can change whenever we want. Yes. We are the author of our own story. So you may be an Arirang DJ and you Mm -hmm. have been for (laughs) over a decade or so. But who knows what you'll be in 20 years' time. Mm. You could be whatever you want to be, and that might be here, or it could be, I don't know, managing a football club. Or in the National Art Gallery of Great Britain. No, no. no. You never know, Paul. Sorry to say, Peter. Wait, you just said anything is possible. Well, for Geo, perhaps. (laughs) Yeah, I, I do love the message in the book as well. I feel that the fact that she got her paintings, you know, exhibited yeah, is maybe a bit of message of hope, of inspiration to everyone reading. That, yeah, you can do it just for your own happiness, but also, you know, you could be... "Quote unquote successful," you know, you uh, yeah. get it displayed somewhere. Oh, well, exactly. I, I I met a brilliant artist um, a long time ago, about twenty mm. years ago. Her name is Yun Song Nam, uh, and I've met her many times. Yeah, she's an incredible sculptor, painter. She's had her work exhibited all over the world, mm-hmm. um, and she only started art as a middle-aged housewife. Wow. Yeah. 
That's amazing. Um, there was a change in her 40s. Mm-hmm. She suddenly started painting and sculpting, and now she's world-renowned. That's a fantastic message. It's never too late to start. And I do see it with older relatives. Uh, my father was one as well, and then some of my mum's closer friends. You know, when you get more spare time once the kids have flown the nest, you yes. then do pursue naturally your interests with more passion and whatnot. Yeah. And but it gives you time. Do it now. Mm. We, we live very, very short lives. Mm-hmm. Our existence is fleeting, <laughs> so enjoy the time you have be like geo draw vampires in a dark cave if that's what you like (laughs) or draw flowers or trees or airplanes flying in the sky yeah whatever you want express it and you know listeners we always love getting your art in terms of poetry and writings like that if you've got something that you've drawn that you want to show us anytime you can send that in via cacao talk our username is daily k we'd love to take a little look at that and uh not critique it cruelly but just enjoy it for what it is yes especially if you've got a picture of Peter being chased by a zombie. <laughs> that would be fantastic. I'm sure Gio's been drawing those up after I tell him off for something. Uh, massive thanks to you, Paul, for coming in with this fabulous reading. Thanks to you. Thanks to everyone. Thanks to Asia Publishers for their help with copyright fishing for this broadcast. Thank you to Yun Hu Myung for his really interesting story and to Jun Misili for her translation. I'm going to be back next week with another book. It will be Slow Bullet by E. Dae Hwan, translated by Jun Sung Hee. I'll see you then. What an intriguing title that is. Paul, we'll see you next Wednesday. Have a wonderful week. You can listen to Check It Out with Paul Matthews on Adidang Radio's Hashtag Daily K every Wednesday from 10am KST.